chance to look at it through other people's eyes. Take some time and reflect on what you believe in your soul. Cause that is the key to life. You gotta let the negativity go. Hi, What the Foxers. Thank you so much for tuning in to What the Fox podcast. We want to remind you that today's episode is sponsored by Therapy Appointment. Therapy Appointment is the practical tool for starting, growing, and managing a practice. Therapy Appointment was built for therapists by therapists. Hello, and welcome to the What the Fox podcast with your two hosts, Lindsay Fox and Amber Ross. Here on What the Fox, we deconstruct social norms to build better lives. And in today's episode, we're going to be covering a topic that actually came up in one of our little fox holes um, in an earlier episode this season. So we are going to dive into adrenal fatigue. That's right. We are talking about adrenal fatigue. And it's because we were talking about uh, in one of our um, last episodes, we, we were talking about trauma and how it affects us on a cellular level. And mm-hmm. as we were sort of talking about that, it was also holding space for the fact that trauma does not automatically equate to PTSD. Right. Um, not all individuals have even experienced trauma, uh, but we've certainly experienced states of dysregulation or distress that can yep. lead to feeling really uncomfortable. And uh, frankly, Amber and I were, we were kind of laughing about this topic of adrenal fatigue because I'm like, are we talking about this because we're exhausted? (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, yes. Mm -hmm. It has been, so we laugh about this a little bit. Um, It has been a wild week in the Ross house because I have um, Miss Hazel Grace, so my six-year-old. Yeah, that's right. Six-year-old. I had a brain lapse for a minute. Um, Is boundary pushing. So she's testing all of the boundaries. She's learning where the line is. She's learning um, kind of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And as a result, this week, we have had a lot of tension, a lot of very loud, angry voices, a lot of tantrums. And um, I reached out to Lindsay earlier in the week, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like... Throwing in the towel. I'm I'm throwing in the (laughs) towel. Like I'm raising the white flag because I could feel in my body. I'm like, oof, Mm. I have been on level 10 for too long with no break. And I'm like, I have hit my ceiling. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a nice way to bring us into what in the world is adrenal fatigue in the first place. Because, you know, for the most part, most like low energy and tiredness are some of the most common reasons that patients end up seeking help from a doctor. Mm -hmm. And I I think this is where when we get into adrenal fatigue, people are like, well, is that even like a real disease? And, and research would suggest like, or most studies at this stage say, no, it's not a real disease, but I would say it's pretty valid because ultimately uh, the adrenal fatigue theory suggests that prolonged exposure to stress uh, could drain the adrenals leading to a low cortisol state. Yes. And so the adrenal depletion uh, itself causes brain fog, low energy, depressive mood, maybe some salt and sweet sugary cravings, um, lightheadedness, and, and just vagueness of symptoms yeah. that no doctor can really pinpoint after a battery of tests, but rather than just say, hey, sounds like you're really stressed out. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is like, that's my pet peeve. Like, please don't tell me I'm stressed out. I already know I'm stressed out. And like, <laughs> Thank you, Captain I don't need Obvious. You. Yes, it is stressful for you to tell me that I'm stressed out. Thank you. <laughs> it's like saying, it's like telling someone who's like super stressed, just relax. Oh my God. Just relax. Right? Yes, just... I cannot. Do, you, can, you know that how is... helpful that is, right? <laughs> you know, I actually did. I was watching something earlier this week. It goes in the same line of thought. So I'm not going too far off here. But um, when someone says just relax, a better alternative would be to say like wiggle your toes or wiggle your fingers or <laughs> like move your body because it takes that part of your brain and you start to focus on something that is not the stressor or the stressing. And it was... I was like, you know what? I need to use that with my kids because we talk about taking deep breaths. And I've yeah. noticed Hazel gets very frustrated when I ask her to take a deep breath. <laughs> so I'm learning. I'm like, okay, don't say that one. That one doesn't work for Hazel. So yeah. right. we need other we need other ideas. <laughs> yeah, that might be the equivalent of telling her, just relax, telling us. Yeah. yeah, in her okay, mind, mom. it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. She's like, screw you, mom. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'd like to punch you in the face. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Uh, so with that being said, there are three different stages of adrenal fatigue, and I'm actually going to reference an article by the solutioniv.com about this because I, I kind of explored this with a, with a coaching client who was just talking about, uh, just their overall exhaustion. They just, yeah. they're just depleted, depleted, just straight out depleted, a lot of life stress. And, uh, the reason why I think it's important to bring this up is because it these the adrenal fatigue does occur in different stages and we mm -hmm. we gradually get to that stage of complete exhaustion it's just a matter of like are you paying attention to your body are you listening to what your body needs you know yeah. are we hearing what our are we paying attention to the warning signs and that's mm -hmm. something that we talked about in our my coaching community as well because there's so many warning signs before your body breaks down mm -hmm. usually yeah. i mean there's some things that can't be accounted for but in most cases you had a warning like three to six months ago that you yeah. swept under the rug or didn't notice. That's right. And actually, you know, as we talk about this, it is just also maybe uh, our listeners can think about the role of adrenal fatigue as it pertains to how the pandemic affected us and, yes. and has it in terms of just as a collective and not to mention our, our healthcare providers, all the nurses, doctors, uh, first responders, all of these people and therapists, hello, therapists, yeah. don't Hi. forget about us. <laughs> Is that, you know, just the, the fact that there has been a high level of not just compassion fatigue, but ad adrenal fatigue, especially mm -hmm. for our hospital workers who just were like on go, 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 go. Uh, so the first stage is uh, really where our adrenal glands get triggered and there's a spike in the cortisol levels in our bloodstream. So that's just like the typical, you know, ebbs and flows of just getting hit with adrenaline. But yep. then as time goes on, the second stage is really when the production of some of our critical hormones end up getting impaired. And so this kind of throws off, it, it kind of uh, throws off kilter, other normal functions of our immune system that affect our metabolic rate. So this is when we might see things happen to our immune system, maybe like you know, when you're so exhausted, you just get sick. Like you're, mm -hmm. you're just all of a sudden you just keep getting sick or whatever's, or you can't out. fight off that cold that you've had for six months. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, that's not yep. typical. Yep, absolutely. And so when 
when this happens um, within the second stage, at least of um, adrenal fatigue, that's when there's a decrease in cortisol and DHEA levels. And so mm -hmm. that's when we might be experiencing like recurrent infections or symptoms of like depression, insomnia, like that sleeplessness, because you're, you've got increased anxiety. Um, overall, your memory is impaired, just that brain fog that was mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. So these are like the kind of warning signs for you to kind of say like, okay, what is my body communicating? But again, it's not like you need Captain Obvious to point out that you're stressed out. Well, <laughs> right. We all, I think we all inherently know when we're stressed, like we recognize that it's going on, but we don't all take the time to do something about it. And yeah. part of that is sometimes it just feels like there's nothing that can be done, right? Yep. And part of it is maybe we don't know what to do or we don't have time or resources to do what we think needs to be done. So I mean, resources, yes, the resources, man, it, it's a struggle. It is a struggle, particularly whenever we get into, you know, uh, nine plus percent inflation rate and yeah. money is tight and yeah. access to resources are far and few, depending on what type of vulnerable population you are, mm -hmm. uh, where you live. Uh, supply chain management issues, access to certain things, just the list goes on. Um, yeah. And so the more that we do carry on in that stage, that state of just chronic stress, uh, that's when we kind of enter into phase three of this condition where the adrenal glands become completely incapable of producing cortisol. Uh, while other hormonal imbalances are simultaneously taking place. So ultimately that means that we're going to start suffering from chronic fatigue, which ultimately has that ripple effect of impairment and daily functioning. So our ability to execute like day-to-day -day activities and work-related tasks. Not uh, and only just kind that, of it's where I see people start to make harming choices to their bodies, right? So if you mm. are in that chronic fatigue, yes, and I'm talking from a nutrition standpoint, you're in that chronic fatigue. What's the first thing you reach for? Coffee. Make it a triple shot. Give me four of them. And like suddenly you've <laughs> yep. got a thousand milligrams of caffeine in your system. And that further, it makes it harder for your body to rebound. It makes it harder for your body to escape that stress response mm -hmm. because now it's got a new attacker because guys, we're not meant to have that much caffeine coursing through our bodies. I know yeah. that it's been normalized and I know like it's the trendy, like I'm going to shake my iced coffee, whatever. I, and I love coffee. <laughs> listen, I do too, yeah. but yeah. I have been on a healing journey and I went without coffee for I think 90 days. And the difference I saw in my body, my cognitive function, my stomach, like my ability to sleep, it was amazing. And I was only drinking like one to two cups of coffee a day. I didn't, I was yeah. not drinking double, triple espressos. Um, so just yeah. be aware of that. I know in the moment it's like, okay, this is what I need to get through the day, but it's also having um, trickle effects within your body that you may not realize. Oh gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I mean, I probably have like one to two cups of coffee a day as is, but uh, when, when I can think of a period where I was getting into just that chronic fatigue space of that, that third stage of adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. uh, you're absolutely right, Amber. And I found myself getting, um, I was trying to figure out that balance because I was like, yes, I need my coffee to function. Yes. Uh, but you know how there's the uh, concentrated 
uh, cold brew coffee cold that you brew, can buy. Yes. Yes. So, I'm well aware. <laughs> yes. So I started to buy that. And instead mm -hmm. of mixing it with water, I started to mix it with coconut water. Mm hmm. Just because I was like, all right, Lens, if you're going to do this to yourself, at least try to make it a little bit, yeah, a little do, bit rehydrating in the process. Absolutely. But you're right, because that's whenever in terms of um, eating your meals and that sort of thing where I know, you know, I'm not I, actually my favorite meal of the day happens to be breakfast. And yet it's the one that I skip most frequently. <laughs> you are not alone. Actually, most people skip breakfast in the United States and it's it has a lot to do with schedules. It has a mm -hmm. lot to do with this notion that, you know, you have to eat small, less calories to be able to take up less space and, you know, all of the diet culture nonsense. Yes. But in the but, same breath to combat adrenal yeah. fatigue, one of the things that they recommend is actually to eat a meal within the first hour after waking up yep. <laughs> so it that is. you don't let your blood sugar levels drop and, and just kind of, yeah. You know, well, you have to think and we don't take time to think about it. And it's not going to be an aha moment, but you're asleep or you are in bed, you mm -hmm. know, four to eight hours a night. So that's 48 hours that you're four to eight, not 48. Um, <laughs> gosh, that sounds nice right now. Um, <laughs> but that's a long period of time where you're neither eating nor drinking. So your body slows down, it stops, you know, processing everything and just, it kind of stalls out a little bit. So you wake yeah. up and then you have to rehydrate. You have to refuel because now you're up out of bed and you're asking your body to perform for you. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's just, it, you end up completely exhausted and then you're mm -hmm. wondering, how did I get here? Yeah, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of answers to that question. And I don't want this to come off like you're doing it wrong. You know, you're damaging yeah. your body or any of those things. We're, we're here to offer ideas and helpful tips and call out something that we see as an issue. And I'll be very honest. And we started the episode with this. Lindsay and I are both in a space right now where we are needing to be hyper aware of the fact that we are seeing adrenal fatigue issues or adrenal, um, warning signs in our lives. Yeah. Right? I was going to say, I don't, I, for me personally, I mean, I, for you, yes, you've got, you've had a lot happening going on. And like yeah. you said, in the Ross household, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to say we though yet. Okay. In the sense me. That I'm, I'm certainly tired about like, I'm tired with certain things in the sense of, I'm just trying to um, get certain things balanced with my schedule and that sort of thing. But I feel like I'm kind of like, I'm approaching like stage one, I would say, uh, rather I'm not in a stage two or stage three because I've certainly yeah. been in those spaces, but like my sleep is good. My eating habits are, are, you know, hit or miss depending on the day yeah. in terms of that salty, sweet stuff. But I stay pretty on top of that. But uh, for the most part, I would say something that I'm more aware of. So in terms of like combating that adrenal fatigue or kind of preventing myself from entering that space, uh, the role of exercise is something mm -hmm. that I have to be really mindful about because it's in these kind of moments. I might, I might want to continue with my routine of doing a higher impact exercise. Whereas if I can feel that I'm on that cuspiness of entering into that, that first stage, I need to say no to high impact exercise. I just Absolutely. I have, like, I, I just can't do that. So if that means like giving myself permission to just like sit in a, a space of just doing yoga or just if I can stretch for the day and that's all I do, then so be it. It's really about making sure I'm calming my nervous system, not adding yeah. more to it. 
Well, and it's not, I, I want to take out the, if that's all I do, if you do those things, right. We're not going to diminish, we're not going to diminish those things because that is taking care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit and understanding what you need in that moment. Good call, Amber. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And I see, I see this so often in my coaching clients because one of the um, first programs that we typically talk about or look at, depending on where a person is starting from, is um, mobility work and yoga and Pilates and things that are a little lower impact, but have great benefits from like a wide spectrum of reasons, Mm -hmm. right? And I often hear folks say, oh my gosh, I'm so far past yoga. Like that's, that's just calm. And like, that's not enough for me. That's not hard work. And I'm like, okay, clearly you have not done all the yoga classes because (laughs) I have been in yoga classes where I thought that I might've seen stars, um, just depending on what type of yoga you're participating in. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And also like, you can't diminish an entire type of workout because it doesn't hurt. Like we don't have to work out to a point where we're in pain for it to mean something. And I think that's, that's something that has to go away. Yeah. I'm yes, a hundred percent on that actually, uh, just because I can think of so many different times where it's like, we tell ourselves, oh yeah, if I just like go in and do that run or that high, you know, that cardio exercise, or if I lift all those weights, then that's going to kind of fix and be my stress reliever. And while there it's true that exercise is a wonderful stress reliever, we have to remember that to a certain degree, it also adds more stress on the body. If you're kind of like past that point of no return and you need to like, frankly, chill out. (laughs) Well, and I see it, I see it with myself. Um, and it's something that I've worked on very hard over the last year, because I used to be the person that's like, okay, I need to go lift something really heavy just to work through whatever it is is going on Mm -hmm. in my mind right now, where in that moment, if I had chosen instead to meditate or do yoga, I could have actually worked through the problem instead of just ignoring it and finding a new problem. Mm, Interesting. Weird, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but you're bringing up a great point because you're right. It's it, it, perceivably is a lot easier to just go work out rather than mm-hmm. deal with whatever the underpinning uh, issue goes, is, I guess. It's symptom management, right? Instead of getting mm-hmm. at the root cause, we're going back to symptom management because that's yeah. like the first line of defense always. Sure. And, you know, again, exercise is wonderful for stress management yes. and relief. Uh, and so, so is just saying, you know, yes to some fresh air. So yes. you don't necessarily have to go exhaust your body even more than it already is in the process, uh, which I do want to be kind of mindful and in, in identifying, you know, that we kind of mentioned like depressed mood or signs mm-hmm. and symptoms of depression can be one of the, um, warning signs or like something that one might notice, especially entering to like phase two. Uh, But I I think it's important to say like these, these kind of like tips, tricks and life hacks that we're referencing in terms of combating adrenal fatigue, while they might uh, prove to be like a holistic remedy to support you in getting out of like a depressed mood state, it is certainly under no circumstances designed to be therapeutic advice to treat depression or major depression disorder. Yes. So I just want to make sure that we're inserting a little clause there and saying this is not us providing um, therapy or replacement no, therapy recommendation in any capacity. Right. This is us sharing tips and ideas to help give you a fighting chance 
um, and set yourself up for success, right? Not as a whole, as a whole. Yes. (laughs) Well, and that, so that actually feeds into kind of where I was thinking, um, with adrenal fatigue, because when you're in it, you know, we've talked about phase one, phase two, phase three, and sort of what that looks like. But I'm sure that there are folks who are listening, thinking, okay, but if I'm in none of those places and I don't want to get to those places, what can I do now mm-hmm. to give myself a good chance or to check in or to, you know, prevent even getting to that first red flag, if that makes yeah. sense. Yes. And and honestly, I think that that can just come with establishing a really good routine for yourself from the get-go. So even mm-hmm. if it that means like, taking B vitamins so that you can help balance your hormones and reverse symptoms of adrenal fatigue in the body um, when you feel that onset coming on or making B vitamins just a part of like your daily uh, nutritional habits of of eating foods with it. Yes. (laughs) I was going to say going to the whole food approach of like, oh yeah, making sure that you have plenty of foods that are rich in good nutritional value yeah Yeah. what protein b b vitamins uh, magnesium mm -hmm. would you like to share why these things are important well it's important yes i would because you know nutrition is like my jam but right (laughs) what i have found over the years is we tend to turn to fast easy fixes we tend to turn to things that when when we are stressed Mm-hmm. One of the first things to go is cooking a nutritious meal or, you know, spending time outside in the sun or, you know, we turn to vitamins and while supplements and vitamins absolutely have their place, our bodies absorb better from the whole food. And fortunately, unfortunately, like you do have to supplement because the stuff we have access to is not as um, nutritious as it was, you know, 10, 15, 20, a hundred years yeah. ago. Um, and a lot of but food is processed as well. When we think about the reality of adrenal fatigue is likely that you're task saturated and cannot think straight and you yes. don't have the time to do all the things. So you're probably going to be more inclined to, you know, go straight to the processed foods or get that yeah. sugar sugar craving uh, fix as opposed to like pausing to do a, a a nice healthy whole food meal. But you know, I think it's a common misconception just from my perspective. I know there will be people, be people who disagree. It is just as easy for me to grab fruits and vegetables out of my refrigerator as it is for me to grab something out of my pantry. And the more nutritious item is going to come from my refrigerator. So something I do, and it's helped the kids as well, when the groceries come in, like mm-hmm. I'm thinking fruits and vegetables and things that require you to do some sort of process to consume them, right? Yep. I eat a ton of raw vegetables, but I wash them, pre-cut them, package them, put them in the fridge so that they are as easy to grab as any mm-hmm. snack that's ever been made. Maybe easier because some of those snacks are really hard to open. they're people proofed man (laughs) you would say that but it's so true it's setting yourself up for success ahead of time so that it's not a reactive uh response to like oh my gosh i haven't had you like i'm starving right now or i just need something quick and easy so i'm going to grab this over that um for me i know that 
And frankly, I can attribute this to all kinds of things, but I know as like a, as an individual who does have ADHD, um, I will definitely say that I have a tendency to just like want to grab the quick fix that's already available. But in the yeah. same breath, I actually love to cook. So this is where, you know, the hyperfixation piece can work to my benefit so long as I'm cooking something healthy. Uh, but I do like to keep certain things at hand so that if I if I see it, then I know that I'll eat it. So for instance, yeah. if that salad or those fresh veggies or fruits are in a drawer in my fridge, yeah, I am not, not going anything. to open the yeah, I'm not gonna uh, hello, this is why half of our food supply ends up in the trash can. Is that yes, I'm not gonna eat it. I'm not I'm simply not. So what I do is like keep avocados available on the counter. So even if it's like a quick fix, I can, I know that I, all I need to do is like grab a knife, cut that avocado in half and there, I'm going to end up eating an avocado, sprinkling some of my favorite seasoning on it or whatever. And yeah. that's just like a quick snack, but it also fills my need uh, for healthy fats and magnesium and trying to keep my body regulated. Um, and, and likewise, just what you're saying, preparing some of these things ahead of time so that you visually can see them like in the drawers. That's where I actually end up keeping like cheeses, yes. breads or any, yes. any like, absolutely. Like this, because then I'm not going to, I'm not as tempted. Whereas like yep. if I keep, if I keep the good stuff right in front of me um, or put like, I know this seems like so different than what we've thought about, but there's a, a, a like a refrigerator life hack type of thing of putting all of your sauces in the drawers and then putting the healthy stuff like produce and stuff in the shelves that are on their fridge drawer or fridge. Um, oh, I love that drawer. idea. Yeah. So that you just like, as soon as you open it, you know, you naturally look to the right. <laughs> and, and those are the things you, you see. Yeah. So therefore you grab them. And so just little things like that can go a really long way in terms Absolutely. of tweaking the process just a little. Well, and for folks who do love to cook, like I have seen the meals that you make are so much more intricate than the ones that I make. Like you spend, because you enjoy it so much, mm -hmm. you pick those longer recipes, you pick the more involved recipes and you get really into the process it's because I don't use recipes, period. Well, right. <laughs> when I say recipe and no, Lindsay I... in the same sentence, they don't go together, but. <laughs> no, this is kind of goes with our ongoing running joke is like Amber is so good and so organized, but then I'm kind of like, let's just throw a meal together with the kitchen sink. Like, let's see what we have and make something from it. But that's kind of like my creative expression for sure. Yes. And yes. it's a great <laughs> stress outlet. It's a great way to make food that you're going to enjoy. And it's, yeah. I mean, that's all around. That's a healthy thing to do. Yeah. Um, whereas me, like I'm more apt to set aside an hour and make a bunch of different things like mason jar salads. So that they're ready to just like dump out and I can eat lots of fresh veggies mm -hmm. that I didn't have to do anything with when I'm stressed out at noon because I've been on the phone for like seven hours already. Right. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, which honestly, that's a great idea too. And and even, you know, the breakfast routine too, if you have like yogurt and granola and fruit already packed together in a container, yeah. I mean, it just kind of, it sets you up for success. And so I think the, the there is a lot of value added to like, you know, enhancing your own accessibility within the house yes. um, and, and just visually stimulating yourself so that you'll be more inclined to grab it and you're not making yeah. excuses. To... Well, and also understanding what works for your space, right? Because I think you were over here one day 
and you saw the berry bowl that's on the counter and the berry bowl mm -hmm. is pretty much always there and it pretty much always has some sort of fruit that's accessible to the kids yeah because they come into the kitchen and they're suddenly starving and they need something right that minute and I would prefer for them to grab a fruit or vegetable from that bowl than to go piddle around for snacks where yeah. you know it's very similar to your methodology of leaving that avocado on the counter but mm -hmm. my kids aren't they aren't going to cut open an avocado. Hazel might, <laughs> uh, but Hudson's probably not. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I love uh, it, so though. I, right. I, and one more thing I just want to make sure that we mention is mm. the the uh, value, uh, and, I, and I say this kind of like laughing because it's so simple. It's one of those things that's just so simple. It's like, oh, right, is drinking water, you guys. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Like the, the, and I say this because it, it is laughable because I'll find myself like, oh, well, maybe your brain fog is because you haven't had any water today and you've only had coffee. Like, wake up, Lens. Uh, yeah, but we should be drinking half of our body weight <laughs> in terms of our ounces of water per day. So, hello, guys. Are you doing that? <laughs> Well, and, you know, I want to do a caveat on the water, right? Because there's a mineral aspect to it. And there are some folks who have been advised because of like mineral deficiencies to not drink half their body sure. weight in ounces of water. But for the majority of us, that is the case. So just like in real math, if you weigh 100 pounds, that's 50 ounces of water a day. Okay. It's imperative. And some of the things you, um, Lindsay, I shared with you earlier this week, I think, um, I struggle when the weather changes, when it gets cold, I have a very hard time drinking water because I am a cold natured person. I do not enjoy being cold and I certainly do not want cold beverages. So I just don't think about it. Um, so what I have done and transitioned to my like fall, um, nutrition, my fall ideas, I have water that's room temperature beside my bed. So first thing I wake up in the morning, I have about 10 ounces of water before I make it like to the bathroom or anywhere else in my house, because mm -hmm. I know that starts me off and then I'm going to continue drinking water versus if I wait until, you know, I make it to the kitchen or, you know, I get the kids ready. I've gone several hours and haven't had anything to drink. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's so true. And I, I think overall, all of this is really just kind of touching on the value of taking care of yourself. That's yes. what all of this is all about. <laughs> I mean, it's, and I, and I am saying this because I, I get that it's so hokey. People are like, okay, like self-care, self-love is just one of those things where we, we constantly just put our needs on the back burner because yeah. we're too obsessively focused and fixated on the to-do list that needs to be done and all the other things that we need to take care of. And at its core, that is where burnout comes from. This is yeah. where that adrenal fatigue comes from. So at some point we have to stop and just say, whoa, look at what our body is communicating to us. If you're getting those faint headaches and brain fog, we have to take a step back and be like, wait a minute, have I even had any water today? Have I had a meal yeah. today? Uh, you know, am I, am I taking care of myself? Because that's when you, those are your warning signs. They are. And you know, I love a good to-do list. I love marking things off. i like, that is my jam. I put these self-care items on my to-do list every day. So making sure I drink my water, that is like, do. <laughs> I do because otherwise it doesn't get done. Yeah, <laughs> It's like everybody else's needs come first. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I remind myself, I set little alarms to stand up from my desk so that eight hours don't go by and I haven't moved. 
That's what, um, so oh, I love that about my watch. My the yes. Apple watch does that. I love how it says, Hey, it's been 50 minutes. Stand up. Yeah. Hey, why Thank are you, you still sitting in one space? Thank mm -hmm. you, Apple. We appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's but it is, true. it's so important. It is not hokey to take care of yourself. It is not like the media, like social media has made it to where it's like, uh, it's a trending thing and it's all about, um, eating brownies and doing, um, charcoal masks and, you know, going to a spa day, but there's simple things we can do every single day that will take care of ourselves and help to stave off things like adrenal fatigue and, you know, your body starting to work against you. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Well, Lindsay, this has been a wonderful topic. It took a, only a couple of twists and turns. Um, we didn't, I thought we, we did any... great. There was nothing too. I don't, I didn't, I don't recall any twists and turns. I actually feel like this was the most on point episode. <laughs> well, maybe the twist and turns stayed in my brain. Who knows? Um, but I, I had I a blast talking with you as always. <laughs> I'm grateful for you and for season two. Um, and I'm just excited for these episodes to keep rolling out. So am I. And just keep in mind, guys, as we are, you know, getting closer and closer through all the holidays, you know, keep these things kind of tucked in the back of your mind here yep. and, and try to move them to the forefront and, and incorporating these reminders for yourself because the holidays are stressful enough as it is. This is like the time of year where we do experience adrenal fatigue. So please take care of yourself and each other. But remember to put on your air mask first. Definitely. Absolutely. Great advice, Lindsay. <laughs> yes. All right, y'all. We will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. And we all say everything is going to be just fine. It's going to fall into place. The sun is going to set on your terrible day.